those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black. What's up, Blackalites, and welcome to another edition of Blazin'. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Black, and this is a very special edition of Blazin' because uh, instead of sitting in my little home office with my recorder, I'm actually chilling in the Affliction Studios with my good friend, Jose Mangan. What's up, Jose? Yeah, Bobby Black. Blazing with Bobby Black. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> hey, Bobby. It's fucking, fucking great to be back here, Bobby. I'm fucking Bobby Black. <laughs> you and I go way back. How's that your wedding? Remember that, Bobby? Uh, you keep talking like that. People are going to think you're like an old blues artist or something. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Bobby. You, know, you and me, we've been blazing some time now. It's been great to have you out here on the West Coast now. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you guys can't tell, we have already been uh, hitting the uh, hitting the joint pretty hard before we started recording. Um, As but, we uh, always should, Bobby, dude. I mean, every time I I think of Bobby Black, I think of um, I think the, the world's most famous stoner. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I've, I'm I'm proud to to have worked with you and been uh, friends with you for a long time uh, through SiriusXM and beyond uh, working together. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff, but. It's just cool to to be around you every time. I know that you're in the room or nearby or coming. I know I'm gonna have some well, good you can, smoke. You can smell me coming usually. Can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't even have to even open my nose and to breathe in because I know that you're always gonna come blazing. I mean, every time I see you, man. I remember the one time uh, was at that one show. Was it Three Inches of Blood in New York City? Yeah. Oh, I remember. And and, and uh, I remember we went around the corner and you had the best smoke. You were like, yeah, I got some blueberry something or blackberries chocolate or I don't know, I don't know what it was. Do you oh, remember? I, I don't remember what strain it was. It was but something... I remember that night because it was pretty wild because we came, we went around the corner to smoke and we came back and the guy didn't want to let us in the bouncer and he's like, I'm not, you can't come back in and I'm like, why? He's like, you were smoking weed. I like. We were doing it around the corner. We didn't do it in front of the club. I mean, we were respectful. We we didn't do it inside, and we didn't do it in front. And he's just like, I'm letting you in, you in and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you freaking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I'm, I'm Bobby Black, man, from I, High Times. And he didn't know, but, like, the guy who was, like, the main booker, like, one of the managers there was a friend of ours. Yep. He was a big fan of High Times. And so I, I texted him, and he came out. And and he told told the guy. Oh, I remember what the bouncer said. I said he said I'm Bobby Black, and he said I don't care if you're God, you ain't getting back in here. That was the and quote. then and then the guy comes out and he basically tells the guy, let them in, let them in. You but know, I had left. Before. You had already left. I had left because I was just so you nervous. missed the best part because what? he came out and he told basically belittled the bouncer a little bit, and he was like. You need to let him in, and he let him in, and he the guy apologized to me. He was like, "I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry." Oh, well, I was paranoid because I had stuff on me, and then I'm like, "And then you're gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get in trouble. We're both gonna get in trouble." I was like, "Fuck, man." I, well, what is he gonna that, do? He's a bouncer. He can't. You know he can't arrest but us. But it made me feel all weird because, dude, like you had some crazy, fucking stinky stuff. Yeah. Some you always do, and you had it that time. And I remember just how, hmm. like, I got so baked, and then. Then I got so nervous when they wouldn't let us back in, and they were like making us all. And then we were, it was like a scene. There was like a little scene happening right <laughs> yeah. there. We were like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" I've been used to that though, man. You know, yeah. and I gotta say, you know, people out here in California, you guys are a little spoiled because you're around the stinky, yeah. amazing weed all the time. But yes, back in New beautiful. York, it's 
I'm not saying you can't find it, but you're either paying like crazy retail for it, you know, most people, or they don't have access to it. And I was fortunate enough to know growers and know I got my weed from growers and stuff. So I always had good stuff. I mean, yeah. how could I not? That's my no, job. As you, the high guy from high times, yeah, I had to go had around to. and get people you high. You That's know? why I always knew, Bobby, every time I would see it, it'd be like, oh, this is, he's going to have some really amazing <laughs> stuff. Because in New York, you're right, dude, for years, it was just like whatever you can get. It didn't, doesn't, you don't, it doesn't matter what you want. It's like, well, what can I get? Well, you get this or this. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, see, most people were buying their weed retail, and you got a delivery guy came over with a little little glass jar, a little plastic capsule of whatever, and you were getting decent stuff, but you were paying through the nose for it, $75 a freaking little thing. You I know? never and, did delivery in New York. Is well, that, good is for you. That, was that the yeah. most popular way? Is that how everybody got it? A lot of people in New York, not the people I knew, like I said, we were fortunate working yeah. at High Times. We, we got our weed I from always growers went, and stuff. I always went to my dude. And I went and picked it up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I That's went That's unusual, I think. I it, think that was unusual for the city. Well, I think I did it because he was my friend. Well, uh, yeah, and, well, and that's so, cool. But... And, and I wanted to go, and I would see other people in the office, and he worked in a, in a, in a bigger office, um, popular management office for rock music. And so um, I would go in there, and it was just a kind of a cool thing, but I would always go to him. Yeah. And so sometimes I would just meet him in the freaking elevator, in the freight elevator, all weird. It was always, like, real sketchy sometimes. Like doing that, and I'd be freaking out, yeah. and I was like coming back and and stuff. But California life is so beautiful, Bobby. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, man. I've been out here. I'm so happy we got to finally hang out. Yeah. I've been out here since May, but you're such a busy guy. It's hard to get a hold. For those of you guys out there who don't know, I should really fill people in on who you yeah, are, like, who uh, because is this, this isn't your show. See, you're used to people knowing who you are because you're talking, and it's your audience. But this is my audience yeah. now, so we should who let people know. Jose Jose Mangan is. Uh, uh, what is your title at Sirius? You're like program director, metal director? Uh, I'm a director uh, of music programming. Programming. And, okay. uh, and then I'm also on-air talent, uh, Octane Liquid Metal. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jose, if you listen to, if you have Sirius Radio, you know who Jose is already. I mean, he's been the main metal dude for so many years. Uh, Octane and Liquid Metal, and before that, Heart Attack. Yeah. Which is how I got to meet Jose, which was back in the day. Uh, it was uh, 2004, if I'm, not, uh, if I'm not mistaken. How did we meet? How did this happen? So it happened because you decided you wanted to do a, a special f- on 420 for heart attack you wanted to do a stoner rock day contact high day and you i guess knew Zena or somebody at high times and she said hey they're looking for somebody to do like a interview from high times on the radio do you want to go and i said yeah and i went up and i was your guest and it was that's who, it who was with us was it rick natasha who was with oh, me oh yeah maybe natasha, natasha right yeah. yeah and we went up and we did this interview with you and you were interviewing us for the show yes and afterwards you know you that's and i cool. just hit it off so quickly so well you know we both love metal we both love weed yep and uh and we both live in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, we were talking and you were just like, hey, do you want, do you want to do a show? Because you found out I did a radio show in college and all that. And you were like, do you want to do a show? I'm like, yeah, of course. I, I would love to do a show. Are you really offering me a show? You know, so and within a few months yeah. I got trained and yeah. I was on the air yeah. doing a show and I was doing contact high. And there you go. I did contact high for four years, 2004 to 2008. Yep. And it was so much fun. We had such a great, uh, fans and an audience and everything. And, Joey, uh, uh, and Phoenix, Joey Van Cherry. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he was my I, number one fan. I think I've seen him somewhere 
did I see him somewhere? I think he came up to me, Bobby, like in the last year or so. And he was like, hey, what's up? It's Joey uh, from Phoenix. And he said his last name. And, and I was like, oh. Whoa, yeah. dude. He yeah. and his wife were my most religious listeners. Yes. And they used to send me birthday cards Christmas and like cards gifts, and stuff, Christmas yeah. cards and stuff. So cool. And uh, yeah, they, no, he was, he's a cool dude. I still, uh, I still contact with him on social yeah. media and stuff. But uh, so anyway, that's how we met and that's how our relationship, our friendship developed. And of course, we got to go to lots of cool shows and parties together, hanging out backstage, lots getting of cool, bands high. Yeah, lots, lots of that stuff. And I also went to Bobby's wedding. My wife, Melissa, and I you went did, out yeah. to the uh, Catskills in New York. It was yeah. uh, at the Full Moon yeah, uh, resort. Resort. Was uh, that not the stoniest wedding you've was, ever been to? I've never been to anything <laughs> like that. I it's that 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 wedding was a, a is a freaking story of legends, dude. I mean, Bobby's the way it was set up, and yet it was it was a weed Wiccan wedding. Yeah, and and, and there was like trees and swords and weed, and uh, and it was <laughs> and then family and, yeah. and friends, and there was like kids dancing around, and then right about five feet over, a, a nice little circle of dudes and chicks like smoking weed. Yeah, some and, people there's there's a few people in my family that I don't think were very happy. About I'm that. sure, dude, because it but, was definitely uh, really alternative, dude. It was not well. There normal. was no there was no hiding there was no hiding no. of it, and that it shouldn't be. I mean, this is our day. This is our relationship. My wife and I met at the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. We are a cannabis couple. We love weed. We're not ashamed of who we are. Why? You know what I mean? So, you know, it ain't going to kill a, a kid to see some people smoking. Oh, a no, no. So it's medicine. Get over it's it. Medicine. No, no. <laughs> get it over was it. Great. It was great, dude. Yeah. Uh, um, so, what, your family hasn't talked to you? Are there some certain members? <laughs> no, no. We, we talk. It's fine. Are you sure? It's fine. I, you know. There's one person that doesn't no, talk to you anymore? Just, no, no, no. They talk to me. <laughs> they just, uh, I just don't. Th- Bobby, I think it was. You used to be such a good boy, and then you had oh, that no. wedding, and no. I don't know about you I anymore. Was, I was never a good boy. <laughs> they knew They knew me f- who that's, I was from right. early on. I was growing my hair at 12 years old, and I was pentagram wearing, yeah, motherfucker. All that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I was always the black sheep, but uh, that's all good, man. They, they, know, cool. who, they well, knew who they were doing. It was a really fun wedding. I remember we... Uh, it, it it was different for us. My wife's a little bougie. Uh, I, I I would say, and I remember we had we were staying, and there was several different houses on this property, and right. we were in one of the homes there, and there was also like three or four other couples that were there, and we had to share a bathroom. Yeah, I remember uh, that part was like I remember was she freaked out. Yeah, Melissa was like she was like Where, where's our bathroom? And I was like oh I, I think I think it's in, in the hallway, and then it was like we're we're sharing a bathroom, and I'm like hey, yeah, 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 I think so, you know, and then so. Uh, I remember the the cold. It, we ran out of hot water because oh, uh, we were the last ones to take showers because we waited because everybody got in and it was they, they were using it. So couples were using I it, gotcha, and then somebody yeah. else couple would use it, and then we missed it because we were smoking or doing something. <laughs> and then we would come back. We'd be like, "Fuck, you know, it's we're getting uh, close to time." And so we were the last uh, couple in the house to take. I a, hope it wasn't too uncomfortable or traumatic. No, no, or dude, it was fun. It was fun. We had a you know great the thing time, is dude. when you when you book a place like that, you have to fill all the rooms. And yeah, so we yeah. made it, but it was easier because this way everybody could drink and hang out. Nobody had. To leave and that go was, to a hotel cool. or anything, you and know? it was very nice. The grounds there, uh, there was just a lot of cool things to do, and and it was very, it was different and also very cool and, and uh, uh, relaxing. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, it was fun. man. Well, let's stop talking about my wedding. We're here to talk about you. You're the <laughs> guest Black, here. Man. You're no, the we're, guest we're, here. We're, you know, <laughs> giving giving everyone uh, a nice little story of what yeah. what it is to till now. You know, yeah, man. But uh, so let's talk a little about you. You have you have a. I get tired just watching your career <laughs> online, dude. I mean, aside from being the like the main rock guy at Sirius, you also uh, work. Obviously, we're here in Affliction Studios at their headquarters here in Seal Beach. 
and uh, you know you are like one of their main brand ambassadors. So you're doing the affliction stuff, yep. and then do you still do the, the the Latin TV stuff or not so much anymore? Uh, Latin Nation, I did that for eight years, and it was a syndicated Latino news magazine show, like half hour. And me and a really cool girl, Desi, we would uh, introduce stories on Latinos that did cool things in music, sports, entertainment, community, whatever. Uh, so no, I haven't done that in, a, in many years. They actually yeah. moved the operation from New York City to LA. And they were like, okay, we're moving. Thanks, Jose. Bye. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, 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 oh okay. Uh, uh, eight years? Okay, bye. Like, uh, bye. You know, it's like, but you got so much else nah, going no, no, no. on. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. Was, it was, I liked doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was more like I paid money and, and, and it took a lot of time for me to do that show all the time. I had to come into the city and I always had to be, be shaved and ready, camera ready. You know, I mean, yeah. sometimes you just want to be lazy and you don't want to fucking <laughs> shave and pluck and fucking you know paint hair and cut hair and all that stuff so uh and and you know be a pr- be ready for camera but uh yeah affliction dude uh vice president here now uh, of affliction so um brand ambassador artist relations uh vp uh i do basically whatever the owners need me to do uh and i can do whatever i do because everything i do is affliction yeah. i'm in affliction um uh every, my operations is based out of uh our headquarters in seal beach here um, I just I represent the, the company. If I'm doing a, a festival, uh, Chicago Open Air Fest, and I'm hosting it, I'm fucking. I have a bunch of Affliction cool shirts that I'm giving out to fans, listeners, uh, subscribers, people that are super stoked to, to meet me, uh, or bands and, and friends of mine. They're like, "Oh, that's a cool jacket. Oh, well, I brought you guys some stuff here. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And so that's what I do for Affliction. Uh, get all the art. Today I was hanging out with Goldberg. He's the actor, WWE yeah, wrestler. Yeah. Uh, TV host, big time dude, and yeah, he's a, he's a friend, and he came up, and we did a uh, piece for my Octane show, and he did some training in our gym over here, which I don't think you've seen. I haven't showed it to you. There's yeah. a crazy gym over here on the side, and uh, he was doing some training, and we were filming it, doing some Facebook Live stuff, uh, getting content. Uh, he's one of our big brand ambassadors, and he's uh, doing a big WWE event. You know, I throw events here uh, for my friends in like Testament, yeah. and tacos, and 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 tequila, and modelos. Uh, and the store is open so that all the people that are here getting drunk, drinking free alcohol, you know, spend some money. We give them half off when we have these events, so everybody's buying all sorts of cool clothes. You know, people are stoked about that, and I'm doing it for Testament and to celebrate one of my favorite bands and their new album and to do something cool with those guys, but then um, Affliction's benefiting. Yeah. You know, we're looking cool. We're through the the big fucking... Oh, check out this flyer. The big taco metal party after <laughs> after Black Sabbath uh, right at OzFest. Uh, Ozzy, Sharon, Kelly came to the party. Slipknot Disturbed came to the party. And it was a big thing. And I started it last year and I told Affliction, hey, I want to, I moved out here last year. It's been a year and like four months that we moved from New Jersey out to California. But I just told them, I want to throw a party. And uh, I want to have tacos and, and beer and tequila there. And, uh, and music and I'll host it and give out some cool stuff. And owners were like, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah. well, can, can, can you, is it cool? You, you guys pay for it? So, <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, dude, no, this is great. Do yeah, it, yeah. man. Yeah, well, let's, let's do it, man. What do we need? And so that, and I was like, whoa, oh, oh, oh okay. Wow. And this, <laughs> this was last year. So it's great to be able to do cool things. We love to do this stuff and, and they support the things that I do. Yeah. So that's what I do here at Affliction, things like that. That's awesome, man. You know, it's, it's funny because it's, it's amazing when I hear like that you have uh, like a company and resources like, behind you and willing to do those kind of things. I always wish that high times would have done that. Like I had so many ideas and so many things that I wanted to do like that. And 
there just was never the there was never the support there was never the the money there was never anything that they were willing to invest in my ideas or some of the other employees ideas and i always was bummed about that because i thought that high times should have been doing cool stuff like that and you know and it was a, always a bummer to me but um i feel like corporate stuff is you guys are definitely probably more corporate i think there's more people in the line of command i don't know I it mean, wasn't. I, it wasn't I, back I work, then. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like owner, now. You know, it's yeah. more corporate now. Okay. Now that I'm, I mean, I've been gone for a while, over about a year now. But uh, you know, it's definitely more corporate now. But um, it used to be a lot of fun. But there just wasn't the same kind of support for like new ideas and things well, like you're talking about, and, which I think is is fantastic. Well, for Sirius XM too. I mean, uh, it, it's been it's been really hard being the metal dude there forever. I mean. You know how much we got abused there and how much we really weren't. And it wasn't, we were low on the totem pole. I mean, even though we were cool and popular and loud and proud, we were still, you know, when they're looking at things to spend money on, uh, you know, well, let's let's do this dance festival. Let's do this um, alternative fest and this another alternative fest and this and this alt alt fest and then then there's this alty alt fest and it's just like where all the money's going to but no you know we metal and i just stopped asking you know sometimes and i'm just doing stuff myself you know i go out to shows festivals i host things and do all this stuff and sirius doesn't ever i don't ever get an expense or reimbursed i don't uh i go to shows and i get content for sirius and nothing is wow back to me i've never ever Ever, wow, ever. I didn't know that. All, all the stuff over the years, Bobby, everything I've done, dude, Holy I've cow. never, ever, because um, I feel like it's part of just my duty as a as a, someone that's a massive flag holder for the music. You know, if there's a, a an opportunity to get some content or something from somebody to get them on the radio to help support them uh, and their fans and the label or whatever, then I'm, I'm going to go do it. You know, I'm, I'm doing yeah. it because I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So that's why I, I want to see the channel uh, do good as a fan, you know, not so much for business because if it was business, then it's money, right? Then it's like, well, how much is this and this, this, it's not in the budget, not in the budget. I just, just do shit. Right. And well, I was, I was the same way with high times. Yeah, I was the course. same you, way. You like around they, it. they didn't, they didn't reimburse me for everything. I was, I was out being in a, a brand ambassador for high times all the time, getting bands high, going backstage, you know, hooking people up. Yeah. You know, Imagine all that kind of stuff. Report. Hey man, I got this cool eighth and I bought this pipe at the freaking pipe store. You know, could, would you would you expense that kind of stuff? I've expensed weed before. Yeah, yeah but it, it, oh, it's that's so mi- cool. Miscellaneous expenses or props is usually what oh, goes on the. Bi- you dude, know, in my whole life, I've never expensed weed. Oh, I I've definitely expensed weed for sure. That's at high cool. Times, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Of course, you have to though. You it's have to times. if you're doing a photo shoot with a big name person, yeah. and you got to have weed to shoot them with. Yeah. Tara Patrick, I did the photo shoot with her. She was naked in a bed full of buds in Vegas in a suite in Vegas. I arranged the whole thing. We had a big party afterwards, but beforehand we did the photo shoot. Her hu- husband at the time, Evan from Biohazard, yep. shot the photos. And uh, oh, he shot the photos. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm in there. It's just it's just me, Evan, and his wife. No, and she's naked on the bed with her, the weed with her vajayjay and everything. Oh, uh, full on. Yeah, she didn't open up her vajayjay and put buds no, in there. Oh. No, come on, dude. <laughs> That's nah, hot, dude. Yeah, yeah. What? That's no, not hot, dude. No, Tara Patrick's cool, man. I got She's she's a cool chick, but uh, she's a big stoner. But uh, that's cool. I knew that. I knew that because of you. Yeah, yeah. And I saw her on the cover of High Times. Yeah, right? that yeah, was yeah. it was all me, that man. Was it, yeah. That was my thing. But uh, 
I've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff at I High know. Times. You've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff at Sirius, and we've gotten yes. to do some cool stuff together over yes, the sir. years, yes, too. Yes, sir. And you, uh, you actually, uh, you mentioned uh, Testament have the new album coming out. I just interviewed Chuck Billy from my podcast last yep. week. Nice. Uh, and uh, we talked about that, and we talked about the time they played in studio at Sirius. And I was front row, and I got to see them through the glass of the, the you know, the studio yep. and everything. It was freaking awesome, yeah. dude. It Testament's was one of the best bands. I know you're a big yeah. fan. And I love how on the new album, Brotherhood of the Snake, there's a song dedicated to cannabis called Canna Business. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you talked about it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, talked about uh, it. And it's on here because Chuck has his own uh, vaporizing yep. pen company. We talked uh, about that. The Chief. And wa- the Chief. Yeah. Uh, I actually have one. Do you have one? I have one, yes. Oh, you do? I have okay. a signed one, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I had an extra one upstairs. I was yeah. going to make sure you had one. Right on. No, I have one. Oh, but, that's uh, cool. But yeah, we yeah. talked about the album and everything. And, you know, and- Chuck was the first person to ever smoke hash with me. Really? Yes, ever in my whole life, man. I've only heard of hash, and I never smoked wow. it until I was like uh, 18, 19 years old, Tucson, Arizona, Best Western Hotel, after Testament played. It was uh, my first big interview in college radio, and I had my micro cassette recorder, and yeah. I was nervous, and it was with Chuck. And I met him at the hotel room after the show, which was really kind of sketchy and weird for a, yeah. a journalist. You don't normally would wouldn't do that. You'd probably <laughs> do it at the, at the show before the show started or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I went afterwards, and it was late, and and uh, yeah, he was like, "Hey, man, he gave me a Foster's." I remember he offered me a Foster's. I was like, "Whoa, I'm drinking with Testament." Yeah, I'll, I'll take a beer. And then he said, "You want to smoke? You smoke weed?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, of course I do." And then he's like, "You want to smoke hash?" And I was like. Well, and in my head, like, I kind of stalled for a second because I was like, whoa, like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course, Chuck. But in my head, I was scared. I was like, whoa, what is hash? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I knew, but I didn't know because I never smoked it. Yeah. And and that was the first time I did right there. So, and I started smoking weed when I was in eighth grade, summer of eighth grade to freshman year. So, however old that is, what, 13? Yeah. What is that? No, my daughter's 13. So, she's about to go to high school next year. So yeah, 13, 14, 14, and that, and that, I think I was 14 then. And, and do you remember the exact circumstances of who you yeah. were with and what yeah. happened? And Well, I, uh, I'm, there's two cool big first weed stories for me. The first time that I knew what it was and I smelled it and, and it was offered to me, uh, I remember that one real vividly. It was after Anthrax and that was my very first metal concert in my life, sixth grade. And, um... Phoenix, Arizona, at the Compton Terrace on the Indian Reservation, okay. south of Phoenix. And a really cool place. They had shows there in the 90s and, and whatnot. And I remember going, my first show, we drove four hours north from Douglas, Arizona, on the Mexican border to Phoenix. And then we were there after Anthrax set. We were uh, sitting in the um, grass area of the amphitheater. And it was my cousin David and his friend Bob. And they were my cousin was six years older than me. A cool dude, like I always looked up to him as like my, he was the guy that got me into rock music. He was the dude that set it all off when I was a little kid in kindergarten. But uh, so I was at the show and it was after Anthrax and we were sitting there and then Bob lit up, I thought was a cigarette. And um, I didn't even really think about it at the time, you know? And then I was like next to him and then he he was taking some hits and stuff. And then I was just kind of sitting there, you know, little kid waiting for Iron Maiden to come wow. on stage and my my friend or this guy Bob offered me the joint he was like hey you want some and then my cousin said what the fuck are you doing and like hit him and like got really pissed off at him he was like dude it's my cousin man it's my little cousin no dude don't fucking offer him that and at that that is when it went off in my head and I was like oh 
that's marijuana. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like, I didn't, I think I maybe smelled it before. I didn't know what it really, I don't know. It was my, yeah. that was my first experience with whoa but you didn't get to try it no i he, didn't he cock blocked you and but i didn't want to yeah because like, you even, were too young you didn't, i was too yeah, young yeah. and i was scared and yeah. i didn't want to i didn't even i didn't even i wasn't even mad at my cousin i was like kind of grateful maybe. yeah, yeah i don't like, know i was scared dude yeah yeah and so and then that was um that was the very first time and then years later eight between eighth grade and ninth grade I was with my friend, uh, Michael Grubb, rest in peace, brother. He was a drummer in our band for many, many years and uh, older. He was two years older than me, two and a half. And then we were in his bedroom listening to Primus sailing the Seas of Cheese album. <laughs> and we were sitting there and uh, there was this cat uh, that I had just got from um, next door. His uh, neighbor sold me a, a little Siamese cat. And I had this little cat and we were listening to Primus album. And we were just sitting there, and he he was like, "Hey, you want want to smoke weed?" And I, and I knew that he did because he had asked me before about it, and I was I kind of never really said yes or nothing, or I never pursued it. And he was like, "You want to smoke?" And I was like, "I mean, all right, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try." And then he was like, "This is your first time?" I was like, "Yeah, you know." And he was like, "Oh man!" So he was super excited, just like I was when I got everybody else high for the first time forever, and, and all these people. Yeah. But uh, he, so Michael, uh, we went outside, um, and he had this uh, cut off from a hose, uh, this the, the the tip of a hose, uh, the garden hose, <laughs> yeah. and he and he packed that up, and then we went back into his um, into his room, and we and we smoked, and I was weirded out that we were smoking in his room with his mom and grandma like there in the house, but they had older. He was the youngest boy of like four sons, and yeah. so I think they were just like whatever at that yeah. point but i was like i was like your mom is here dude. i kept on saying dude he's like oh it's cool dude it's cool don't worry and i i was getting real paranoid because his yeah, mom yeah. was there and his grandma and it's like there's i can hear commotion outside there's people right there and so we smoked this thing and i remember you know i don't remember getting i don't remember if i was super high or not i mean i was but it wasn't it wasn't like this tremendous thing like the first time that I dabbed or something like that it wasn't yeah. this crazy thing and I remember just playing with this little cat that I had just got and then listening to the Primus album and then Tommy the Cat came on and then I named we named our, my, I named my cat Tommy the Cat all <laughs> baked for the first time uh, at my friend's house so that that's, was that was the first time that's cool man I, I'm sure I've told you the story before but if I haven't uh, my, my first time was very metal also extremely metal so I was uh, as a young kid. I I found rock through my parents' record collection. I found Your parents are cool. Yeah, by the Zeppelin. Way. Yeah. They had Sabbath, Zeppelin, Floyd. They have all that in their record collection. So I started listening at like ten, eleven years old to like this different music, wonder like exploring it and, and discovering it for myself. And then what happened was I was at junior high school and I had started decided I wanted to be a rocker and I didn't know any other rockers, but I, I decided that's what I wanted to do. So I had started getting like pins and I, so I show up at junior high school and I'm like, you know, the only other kids in school that are rocker kids are like two or three kids that are like older. And they're the kids that all the teachers told you, you're not supposed to don't hang out with those guys. Stay away from them. They're bad news. They're bad news. So of course they saw me like starting to grow my hair out and like with Zeppelin pins and they come over to me and they're like, you know, oh, you like Led, you like Led Zeppelin, huh? And they're like, oh yeah, you know. So I started to be. They befriended me, and uh, one day during lunch, they were like, oh, come out with us. And we snuck out of the schoolyard and we went down the block and we went downstairs. And he's like, 
And we were, light it up, light it up. And that was my first joint. And they handed me the joint. I did a couple hits. And then I had just gotten finished the joint. And I was like, you know, starting to feel it. You know, some people say they don't get high the first time. I did. I got high. And uh, so the dude goes, so you like uh, you like Led Zeppelin? You like Black Sabbath, huh? He's like, yeah. He's like, what about Metallica? I said, what's that? <laughs> he goes, listen to this. And he puts the headphones from the Walkman. This was like yes. a cassette Walkman back in the day. He puts the headphones on my head and he goes, listen to this. And he pushes play and it was fight fire with fire. It was ride the ah. lightning. And it was the first time I had ever heard Metallica. So I'm listening to dun, 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 the nice little yeah. opening. And then all of a sudden, and I was just like, what is this like and that was it like from that moment on listening to that to metallica high for the first, first time, time wow I, I was like so cool this is it that's it i'm a metalhead done <laughs> like it was sold signed sealed delivered you know like that was it so that was my first pot experience and of course it just got you know developed from there and then you became and- a phd in it dude <laughs> so that's cool. cool man metallica your first time wow that's yeah. That's heavy. That's, yeah. That can be so, a real, that can be real traumatic too, you know? Uh, but I mean, in a good way. Look what was, happened. It was amazing. But yeah. look what happened. You're still a long hair freaking heathen. Yeah. Long hair headbanger. Weed and, weed and metal are, are yeah. my identity. And, and that's you got, most head, of and you got headphones on right now too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we're high. So we're right on, right Full on. circle, man. Cool, man. All cool, man. Later. Well, we're going to, I'm going to take a quick break uh, for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back with more from Jose Mangan here on Blazin. All right. And we are back. Bobby Black here with uh, Jose Mangan uh, yeah. from you go, hitting the, the stuff, hitting the vapor pen here okay. at uh, Affliction Studios in Seal Beach, Jose's home base of operations for his serious radio career and for his Affliction uh, representation, hosting all uh, these amazing events. Yeah, I watch you, and I'm just like, I mean, you know, I have a, people know that I've had a pretty cool life. I've had a, lot, I've gotten to meet a lot of cool people, but Big you're sense. one of the few people that I get to look at and go, I wish I was Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's you know, I oh man, I'm so blessed and, and lucky to do the things that I do, and I do hear that a lot uh, from fans and from friends and stuff, and I try to represent as much as I can in a good, positive way on our behalf, you know. Um, as not an elected official, but someone that's going to 24-7 carry the metal flag and represent for good uh, of the good of metal, you know, and stoners and people that are big fans of, of all that and both those things together. So I try to, I try to you know, incorporate all that stuff and, and treat all the bands with a lot of love and respect, especially the bands like that we were talking about earlier, Testament and all these bands, these veteran bands that we grew up with worshiping. Yeah. And now they're friends and stuff. And you had them on the cover of uh, your magazines and stuff. And uh, they come over to my house for tacos and stuff. It's like <laughs> really, it's really yeah. very surreal and, and, and crazy. So I, I just, I know that not everybody can do this. And very few people in the world are, are lucky and blessed to do that kind of stuff for this music. And so that's why I, I, uh, I do put it out there. I share everything. I'm very open and personable uh, with all, with everyone, fans and, and bands. And so uh, I welcome everyone into my house and things like that. So I just hope that all that positivity will just, it, it pays off and, and treating everybody good. It, sure. it comes back. It's karma. It comes back. And the good energy that you put out there comes back at you. And so I've realized after 16 years of Sirius XM and uh, working with Affliction since 2007, like keeping, keeping that positive energy moving forward it, uh, and, and putting it out there, it comes back. 
And absolutely, I, man. And I felt it, and I feel it, and I continue to feel it. So, yeah, man. But yeah, sometimes I don't even fucking believe the shit that I do. <laughs> I can't even believe this stuff. And uh, sometimes I'm not very good at documenting the things that I get you get to do because just you can't for, document everything, man. No, it's just hard. I'm trying to get yeah. better with the social media, but I just you know I'm in the moment, and I don't remember to always take the photo or check in or whatever. You know, I try. I know you're supposed to, and. And I try, and I do a, I do an okay job, but I'm not uh, I'm not diligent about it. It's it is really hard to keep up with that shit. You yeah. know, uh, some people are like, "Well, you don't need it. You don't need it." Well, I mean, certain people do need it. Like, yeah. uh, I, you need it. I need yeah. it. I mean, I have to. I use it all the time. Yeah. You know, for good stuff. <laughs> uh, I give away shit all the time to uh, the followers and stuff, and, and on social, and that's just like just. I just gave out autographed fucking Corey Taylor stuff and corn stuff and Vinnie Paul stuff just the other week on Octane every night uh, when I started my new shift on there. And mm. so um, I just love giving stuff out and, and being um, a giver. But yeah, I love the freaking yeah. music, man. So I still trip out that I was just hanging with Ozzy and, you know, I love to hug him. Yeah, and man. <laughs> get, some, get some of his uh, Ozzy smell on me. You got to gotta do me a favor. I gonna, I, you got to get one of my Metallica vinyls signed for me, man, because uh, I've always wanted to. I've never gotten to meet them, and uh, I've always yeah. wanted to get something signed from them. You got to help me out with that one. Yeah, that's probably not too hard. I mean, they did a whole thing at SiriusXM New York City recently. I wish I was there. It's kind of crazy that I wasn't there. Uh, first time in ever that yeah. Metallica has been up to Sirius XM and I wasn't there. So yeah. I, that's that's where I could have got it easily autographed, yeah. you know. But I, well, I will work on it. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to also mention, uh, just, just so people know that, because uh, they can't see you, but um, aside from being a great representative for weed and a great representative for metal and music, you're also uh, an awesome representative for... Mexican American yes. community. I mean, Latinos, you are you are Mexicanos. my you are my favorite Mexican dude. That's <laughs> You're cool, my really? Mexican buddy. Yeah, no, dude. And your tattoos, dude. Just yeah. the, all the all the native uh, Azteca, every, all Aztec. My, uh, all my stuff is Azteca. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, I'm very very proud to be from the Mexican border. I was uh, raised in Douglas, Arizona, right on the border of Aguaprieta, Sonora. And my family is from Sonora. And then my family before that from Jalisco. Um, my dad's a French Irish white dude, uh, and, and his family's from Ireland and, and from France. And, uh, he was born in Chicago, but he was 19 years older than my mom. And my mom was living in Mexico and he was a Korean war veteran. And, um, yeah, man, uh, when, what was the question? <laughs> I was just saying, sorry. What was it? How your parents, uh, uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in, in Douglas, heritage. so then, uh, so yeah, so my dad met my mom in Aguapeta and then, uh, I was born in Phoenix, but raised on the border. And, uh, I think growing up, I didn't realize what I had as far as, um, all the cool culture and, and absorbing it more. I think I rebelled against it as a kid. I mean, I know I did. I wanted to be the long hair metal guy and everything was Spanish and, novelas and, uh, <laughs> and and Mexican music and I wanted to go be anti that you know and so I pushed hard to be anti and then when I got to college I was like what a fucking dumbass <laughs> I should have embraced it more I should have learned Spanish better and so and I and I know it fluently but I should I could have been a lot better yeah. if I would have gave a shit about it and then I started to really care and then uh, I took classes at the University of Arizona on Chicano studies and I just really got into it, and, and right uh, I started to realize like that I I can uh, where it's a cool community, and I and I can be. Eventually, I I, I saw that I can be a good representative for uh, Latinos, 
uh, in general and, and especially in, in metal and in music and in rock music. Yeah. And so, yeah, dude, I'm very proud. Every time I say something on the radio, I do it in Spanish. If it needs to be done in Spanish, yeah. uh, make sure I pronounce everything. Uh, and I play a lot of Latino metal, especially my favorite band, Puya. De Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. uh, they're so good. They're the best Latin metal band in the history of the freaking universe, man. They incorporate Puerto Rican mountain music with heavy metal and and freaking percussion and horns. And wow. I mean, they're they're doing it. You've heard of Puya? I'm not familiar with their music. Puya, though. No. Puya, I don't think they were I've on Ozfest. Oh, okay. Uh, they were on Ozfest back in 19. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, 1999. When Slipknot had their okay. debut on Ozfest, Puya right. was on that same second stage right on. Uh, with Slipknot, man. So, yeah, Puya, just so I get to to represent doing that Latino TV show, Latin Nation, uh, that was a real big thing. And that, that also, I think, was the biggest thing that I did as far as most recognized for uh, the Latino contributions and, and being Latino and being able on, to on TV talk about my uh, heritage and talk about how proud I am to be Mexican-American and all the stuff that I do now and... Um, Another cool thing about just being super proud of being Mexicano is uh, cooking, uh, tacos, yeah. uh, guacamole, and mm-hmm. even just extending it to margaritas and tequila and cervezas. You know, I'm sponsored by Modelo, Bobby. Yeah, you got to uh, hook me up with some of your tequila. We I, didn't even talk about that. Uh, well, I have some right here, dude. Do you want some right now? <laughs> I got to drive home. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I have some right here. Yeah. We, um, um, I mean, just all the stuff, man, all, all that. I really it was like, you know, I'm going to embrace this all around. So I'm going, I'm going balls out, cool. full in. So I'm just gonna be. I only drink Mexican beer. I only drink tequila. Mm-hmm. I I make killer tacos for bands, and I won a guacamole championship for five years nice. straight. So nice. well, we should mention Jose's tequila that he's a part owner of is uh, Riazul. Yes, tequila, it's which is pretty awesome. Gorgeous. It's all over the country. It is. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of this. I became a big fan. I tasted it in New York City, and then uh, my wife and I just were. They, it became our favorite tequila, and we're snobs, and we collect tequila and añejos. Uh, añejo is my favorite, the dark, the ones that's been in the barrels for uh, over a year. That's mm-hmm. the añejo, and the reposados are the ones that are uh, six months to nine months okay. aged, and then the no aged in barrels straight from the distillery is the uh, from the basically the copper pots is the yeah. blanco or the plata, yeah, yeah, the white, the clear, whatever. Uh, but those are it. And I, I sip on uh, the Añejo, the darker one, every day. This Añejo is two years in cognac barrels. And it's uh, super smooth, very uh, vanilla. The agaves are grown in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico. Nice. So they're um, the piñas. You lose more of the plants because of the crazy temperature changes. But the, the, the piña, the center of the agave plant, not the leaves, but the center part, that's where... Uh, tequila comes from and mezcal yeah. and agave syrup and all that shit comes from that middle piña but the ones that grow up in the highlands are sweeter and that's um, so what is the difference between mezcal and tequila technically uh, tequila is it's the way that after you break up the agave piña uh, you, uh, you 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 cut it up into to smaller chunks and then that chunks go through a processor that's grinded up and then it's grinded up and then uh, you can take that grinded up stuff, um, and then I think they, yeah, they grind grind it up. And tequila goes to a high pressure cooker with like steam, oh, and okay. so and, and and then so it, it and then it's um, all the agave comes out, and then you get that you all the you wet it, you, you heat heat it for high temperature, super high temperature with steam, 
and then it, all that steamed out stuff goes down the the, the conveyor belt and then it gets smashed into <laughs> yeah. to, to squeeze the all the juice yeah. out of the pieces and you know, all that juice that's that juice that comes out that's the agave and that's the agave nectar that's what made to make a it's, it's it's a natural sweetener right but then from there it goes uh this is tequila it goes to for get, the fermentation, for fermentation yeah. and that's what happens right. but for mezcal after you crush it instead of heating it up in, in high pressure uh, vapor it's uh smoked oh. and, and big uh with uh, it's put on like uh, usually kind of underground and like in the, it's like very earthy and so they bake it oh, okay. uh, and so it's a it's like a more of a charcoal baked earthy flavor whereas tequila goes through the the high pressured steam so cool. it's the same shit so there you go right on it's a long explanation because well, i'm high <laughs> fucking ask me a hard ass right, question well, i'm all baked dude we're, we're definitely way <laughs> over our normal time but that's quite all right uh we've been really having a lot of fun uh bullshitting with jose Mangan here uh hope you guys have been having as much fun as we are hope you guys are as high as we are but uh i guess it's time to uh sign off now but thanks uh so much jose for uh of course, brother, dude. sitting down and, and having a chat with us today we appreciate it and uh, tell everybody where they can find you online and what they should check out. Yeah, at Jose Mangin, J-O-S-E-M-A-N-G-I-N. Uh, I'm on there, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, Beyond Jose on Facebook. Yeah, man, uh, those are the kind of the main things that I do. And I'm on the radio every day, weekdays, uh, from, uh, I guess, Eastern time. I'll say West Coast time because I like that because that's where I live. That's where I'm we on, are. Yeah, from, <laughs> I'm on from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Sirius XM. 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Liquid Metal, Channel 40. And 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time on Octane, Sirius XM Channel 37. So uh, those are my two baby channels. Those are my ones that I've been with since the beginning. And uh, now I'm on every weekday on those channels. Awesome, man. Well, if you guys have Sirius, I'm sure you already know who Jose is. But if you uh, if you're have the money and you want to, check it out. Sirius is pretty awesome. It's an awesome uh you can also listen online, get it for your phone if you don't drive or whatever. You can. It's like a lower subscription fee, but it is a subscription thing a month. But all the music channels are commercial free, and uh, we have 180 plus channels. Yeah. NFL, Howard Stern, the whole freaking night. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Latino channels, a lot of stuff. It's pretty great, man. So cool. Well, we look forward to uh, following all your cool stuff you have going on, and you and I are probably going to have some cool stuff going on yes, together sir. in the near future, which yes, we'll sir. tell you more about later. Yes, but sir. thanks again so so much for joining us. No today. problem. Yeah, Bobby Black. All Keep right. on blazing. Hey, Bobby, it's been great to be on the show today. I'm really fucking grateful to your friendship and all this time <laughs> together. You know, I just want to thank all of you. Please go out there and decriminalize this shit, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Blazin. You can find more information about Jose and all his cool projects on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Black. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram at Bobby Black 420 Big thanks to all of you for tuning in and toking up with us once again. Until next time, this is Bobby Black saying, Blaze on, brothers and sisters. Imagine your new bathroom. 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter. 